0: Welcome to the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors, and the goal of our podcast is to educate you not just on the business things you need to know to grow your business, but also on the things that affect self-employed business owners. Today's episode, we've got Josh Douglas with the Work Happy Company here to talk through a little bit about how to create a culture within your company, how to recruit employees, and how to retain them so you can grow the business of your dreams. Well, Josh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks, Appreciate absolutely. you having me. Me too. Thanks for being here.
1: Uh, so, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of what you do. Yeah. So I uh, I really enjoy. Well, I'll tell you. Why don't I tell you a little bit about me personally? Yeah. a yeah, so, personally,
0: business. You know, we got like two hours here, so take your time. Um, <laughs> I don't have two
1: hours. Good, good. So these guys don't either.
0: Yeah. So. Absolutely.
1: So so yeah. So I enjoy. Like for me, I'm a big Cardinals fan. I'm a big Blues fan. We said we weren't uh, going to talk about the blues. Today. I know, I know, okay, I know. Right, it's very, sure. it's very disappointing. Yep. But, uh, but I, I got to stick with them, right? Yep. I'm an outdoors guy. I like to okay. fish. I like the mushroom hunt. I like spend a lot of time with my family. And on the business side of things, I own my own company called Work Happy, and we do just that, right? We want to help people be happy at work. I mean, I love that in the name of your business, you pretty much put
0: exactly what you do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to be clear with you know your your clientele, yeah. like your elite business advisors. Right. So they are know that they know that you are advising their business. Exactly. So, so yeah, you know, work happy kind of, kind of plays out. Our I like it.
0: When you first told me that's what you were going to name your company, I was pretty excited about it. Yeah. So sweet. That's good. Um, so kind of what was the significance behind the name of work happy though?
1: So the significance behind, I, I made some notes on my iPad just good. so you're aware. No, that's good. That uh, made you prepared. You know, listen, a lot of people aren't happy at work. Right. They wake up and they dread going to work. Right they don't want to be there. They wake up and they want to go back to bed. That's not how you should feel when you go to go to what you're doing every day. That's not, that's not any fun. That's a, that's a job, right? That's not a career. So, so for me, you know, the, the behind the name work happy is to, to help people change, right. To help them change. I I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And so I, took a leap of faith. I left what I was doing and I started my own business and here we are doing a podcast. Absolutely. I mean, I'm glad you started your business just so you could be on this podcast. Yeah. That's why I did it. So, but well, listen, so, so there's this guy, Jim Harder, and he is one of Gallup polls, chief scientists, and he's a fancy guy, Jim Harder and Jim Clifton actually wrote this book called it's the manager. It's a really good book, but check it out if you get a chance, but he also has a staggering statistic, right? And I'll read it to you. So, uh, He's the chief, like I said, he's chief scientist for Gallup's workplace management practice, and he writes that 54% of workers are not engaged, so they're psychologically unattached to their work at a company. Right. So what does that mean? That means that they're going to show up, they're going to do the bare minimum, if that, and they're going to co- they're going to go home. Yep. They may cut out early, they may show up late, they're not going to have a good work ethic because they're not enjoying what they do. Right. And I thought that was very, I mean, telling of of what's going on in. Society and and, and where we're at, especially with everything going on with the pandemic and COVID and it's it's tough to enjoy what you do right now. I'm stuck at home with my two kids and you You get to be at home with some people. Some people would some people would call it a blessing. Yep. You don't. And it, it absolutely oh, okay. is, but it takes away from what I want to do, right? Yep. It takes away from what I... So are you working happy at home then? I am.
0: Okay. I have to work happy at home. You're saying that because you know your wife's going to listen to this, right? Well, I, I don't show her anything no. that I do. That's fine. That's probably she, smart. Then she judges me. So, And <laughs> um, she's still with you all these years, I think. I know. Yeah, you're doing yeah, something absolutely. at least decent. Mm-hmm. anyways. So anyway,
1: I, I, I was just... I just think it's very interesting that people continue to to work and do what they don't enjoy doing. That's a good way to And put that's it. baffling to me. Yep. And so and so that's kind of how work happy was was born because that was me. Right. And I kept doing it and I kept doing it and and it's not that I hated the company that I was with. Right. I just didn't enjoy what I was doing. Well, it didn't it didn't have to do with your passion, your profit
0: and your potential. Absolutely. Like the 3 P's, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I we'll get into more of that later and stuff, but I think that that's really important. I think people have to enjoy what they do. And without that, that's why there's that disengagement. Because okay. when you love what you do, like what I'm doing with what you're doing now, I love getting up and going to work every day, right? Because oh, I don't feel like we're going to work, mm-hmm. or at least not for me. Um, and so, you know, when you find those things, then you're engaged. Then you're trying to find ways to make things better and make it a more productive environment. When you're not fulfilled, it's not really the case.
1: Right. And it sounds kind of hokey and cheesy. And, you know, that's, and, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit, but it, in terms of, of the hiring process. I know we'll talk about that with contractors, but it, it really is. It, it's important to, to pursue what your passion or what your purpose is. Yep. So. Absolutely. No, that's good.
0: So, so, Speaking of, you know, prior history now, um, so you spent 12 years with Sherwin-Williams, right? 12 years, 12 yeah. years, um, which is awesome, um, and so you, you know, you started out as a part-timer in the store, mm-hmm. worked all the way up to, to sales rep, yep. um, and so you were really in tune with how people were running their businesses, you know, you were sitting face-to-face with people every day, talking to people, you saw the good, you saw the bad, you saw the ugly, you brought two companies together at one point, you helped facilitate that, right? You didn't right. do it through Sherwin, um, but you helped facilitate that, um, um, but, so, kind of walk me through, like, what are the, you know, kind of three most common issues that you really saw um, the painting contractors facing on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I think one of the biggest ones, so, so three, right? Yep. So, the first one would be using inferior or incorrect products for that particular job. Yeah. So, often it's about saving money, right. right? And as a contractor, you as a former painter, I mean, yep. you, you know this. Oh, yeah. But you, <laughs> can't, you can't be chintzy on the... You, you were my rep,
0: so but, you well, yeah, know that I just used the same product for every sure. job because it was easy and
1: – You were used to it. Yeah. It made sense. You didn't have to change roller covers. You did get you me didn't out of my comfort zone. I just you, want to clarify. Well, I know, you know, I know, I know. I got everybody girlfriend. out of their comfort yeah, know, zone, Chris. Yeah, So, uh, So, yeah, but I, I, I think that so often people, are contractors, painters especially, they, they're going to use the product that's their go-to. They're yep. comfortable with it, and it, right. and it makes sense. But the bottom line is you're working for – whether it's a homeowner, commercial job, whatever it is, multifamily housing, you need to be using the product that is best for, for that particular job. Absolutely. If, if somebody comes to my house and paints my house, I got a six-year-old and a four-year-old running around. And my wife wants to have a third kid. So, I mean, these just kids running all around, yep. hands on walls, dirt, mud, everything. You, I mean, you name it, it's there. So I'm, I'm going to need something that I can clean. Yep. I'm going to need something that I can wipe down, that's not going to burnish, all that stuff. and. a a top of the line contractor grade isn't going to work as well as more of your, your upper echelon homeowner type products. So, so I really think that, you know, that's, that was a big one for me is, is trying to, trying to help painters understand that it's in the long run, you're actually going to be saving more money by using a higher quality product. Generally it's going to cover better. You're going to be using, you know, less coats yeah. and and you're going to have a, a far superior end product right. to show whomever it is. And, and the name of the game is referrals for the most part, right? Yep. You want to, you want to hear that, you know, ABC painting did a great job on my house. So let me tell all of my neighbors and all of my family you know, I can wipe this stuff right off of the walls and it doesn't take much to, to, to use a a higher quality product. So I mean,
0: you're still putting paint on the wall. And a lot of times in
1: my experience,
0: the higher quality ones are easier to apply than the less quality. Yeah. So you end up being more efficient
1: on your job sites with it. Sure. Sure. And I think it's just about educating yourself with, you know, with these new products. I think so many people are, are, you know, frightened or scared to, to make that, make that leap of faith. So, but there's plenty of opportunity out there, whether it's YouTube, whether it's through your vendor with right. their educational programs. I mean, there, there's no reason that you cannot, that you should not be using the correct product for the correct job.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like I said, I mean, you know, with you being our rep for the longest of times, like I said, we just went with what we knew, what was easy, what we used. I mean, we used Super Paint, which was a good quality product. Sure. Um, but then you started educating us more on the different you know, different products, different uses, why we should use it, the benefits, and it saved us in the long run. Um, and so I appreciate you just in case I've never told you that, but I haven't been
1: in the industry for two
0: years, but I still appreciate you. So, (laughs) um, so, so then tell me about kind of the second thing. So that was the first one. So that was the the first one.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, something that is tangible, it can be seen, it can be touched, it can be felt. So this next one is something that I I put together over the course of being a rep, okay. and I call it the trifecta. I know you do, which doesn't really. It's your I favorite. wish I had a better name for it. Okay. I, I'm sorry. That makes all of us. I'm sorry. Like, it's even called... the guys in this room right now wish
0: like they didn't have to hear that word again. But
1: they're going to hear it again. It's called the trifecta. I only want to hear that word on Derby Day, which is coming up. I soon. can keep going. I mean, I could I It can. can have like an echo effect, like trifecta. Acta, acta, yeah, no. Yeah, we don't have right, do special effects on the show. Oh, we just did it. So, yeah, moving on. Yeah. So the trifecta. Consists of three things shocker, not horse racing. Yeah. So the first one is being proactive as opposed to react. I love it. I know you do. I know. I know you do. So, so many times we find ourselves behind the eight ball, right? Yep. We are reactive by nature. That is who we are as, 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 a, uh, as humans. Right. Right. We're reactive by nature. So if we can take little steps to start getting in front of things as opposed to, like I said, being reactive, then we're going to end up saving ourselves more money. And I'll, I'll get to some examples in a minute. Okay. But the second thing is setting ex- expectations. So, and, th- and this is setting expectations with your homeowners, with your, uh, whoever it is, your designers, whoever you're working with, employees. You can your employees, you can do this. I do this in my every day, right? With my kids yep. setting expectations, but also understanding their expectations Ooh, if you don't one. understand their expectations then you're just setting something and, and you they you don't know if they understand what is happening or not right and then the third thing is actively listening okay so they seem like pretty basic things but when you put them all together when i actively listen to let's say i'm estimating a house right so right. i i'm actively listening to the homeowner i understand that this homeowner wants wants her walls to look like a sheet of glass, okay? So I understand her expectations. Then I set the realistic expectation of, (laughs) well, unfortunately, I can't make it look like a sheet of glass, but here's what I can do. Let me show you and let me tell you and walk through these products. And so you're taking the proactive approach to those expectations because you listened effectively. So they go hand in hand, they work synonymously with each other. And, uh, you know, uh, example, my six-year-old, right? I want to put him to bed. And I say, all right, time to go to bed. And he says, no, I don't want to go to bed. I'm not going to bed. He throws a fight, right? right. Happens all the time. But once I started using this method, right, this trifecta, yeah. um, it, you know, I listened to him. I heard him playing with his, with his Legos. Yeah. So then I said, hey, bud, it's, it's getting close to bedtime. What do, you, what do you think? What do you want to do? And he says, can I play Legos for a little bit? Yeah, man. Why don't you play Legos for five more minutes and then we'll start our bedtime routine. Yeah. So then I understood his expectations. I set the expectation as well. And now we're being proactive with this approach. So that's that's, I like the, tri- that. that's the trifecta. I like that. Well, and, and I really
0: like the proactive versus reactive. and We've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. when you were creating the trifecta, you know, and we were having conversations about it. And I love that because I see so many people, especially, you know, we're in the middle of tax time right now, or I guess we're in the extended tax time as we're recording mm-hmm. this. But, you know, so many people... We're not proactive about that. Like, you know, we're a big proponent. We recommend all business owners, you should sit down and tax plan at least two to three times a year with your accountant outside of actually filing your taxes. So file your taxes, sit down twice throughout the year and just project out where you're going to finish at. So you know, and you can make adjustments by being proactive. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately we see a lot of people that are reactive and they get their taxes done and they're like, well, why do I owe all this money? Well, you can't do anything about it now right because you're 3 months through the year already you can't do anything to strategize so uh, there's so many different ways that applies in business as well you know and that's just being one of them that that I think that's really a huge one
1: well and i think it's a chain reaction with you know you say you sit down with your with your accountant yeah. 2 to 3 times a year oh i don't have time to sit down with my accountant 2 to 3 times a mm-hmm. year i have more work than i can handle you know i don't have enough employees right. the everybody keeps hiking their prices because the cost of raw materials are going up but if you sit down and actually think about it, if you sit down and especially sit down with somebody, my suggestion is to sit down with somebody outside of your unit, right? So outside of your system of people, whether it's Chris Moore, it's myself, right. whomever it is. And and so that's kind of what I do. I, and I call it business therapy, essentially. Literally. And, and, and you need somebody else's ears to identify what's going on because the issues that you think that you have might really be something that's seated deeper right. and you just can't see past what's going on because what's going on is so frustrating to you and right in front of your face. Yep. So it doesn't allow you to be proactive. You, you stay behind that eight ball and you're always scrambling and you don't get to meet with your tax preparer two to three yep. times a year. And then all of a sudden you owe $12,000 in taxes. Yeah. You know,
0: that's going to hit that's, home. That's to somebody. But I, yeah. It's going to uh, hurt. Yeah. That, uh, you know, and I think that's a big part of it. Like you said, the people are just so used to, and I, and, and I think that's the one thing I see with contractors the most is, They're just on the go nonstop, right? Because it's always, you're trying to get jobs done. You're trying to collect checks, go on to Mm -hmm. the next one. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? That's the nature of the industry and what people do, but they never take that time to stop and do the tax planning and update the books and check on the finances and look at the cash flow, right? And that's where we really try to come in and help bridge that gap with people is analyzing those parts of their business you know, and looking through those things. Yeah, you need to stay busy. You need to be doing jobs because that's how you actually make the profit. But you need to actually also treat it like a business owner and stop and look at those things. And, and again, take that proactive approach. Yep. Um, you know, I can't say how many times I hear people are like, oh, at the end of the year, they're like, oh, I made all this money or I didn't make any money. And I'm like, did you pay attention to that all year? They're like, nope. <laughs> like I just painted. <laughs> we did a lot of work, man.
1: We did so much work. We did work. so
0: much work. And I'm like, well, first off, a, a profit and loss statement is not a good reflection of your business. I just want to throw that out there. Like uh, most accountants will probably agree with me on that too. Like you need to look at a monthly basis, weekly basis, job by job basis Mm -hmm. um, to really know how healthy your business is. But it's just so funny, right?
1: People are just, they, they, they stick their head in the sand and they just go to work. Right. And I would say, utilize the tools that you have, you know, everything as I sit here and, and, you know, my, with my contractor shirt on, right. I, I hear all that and I'm like, man, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I've, I don't have any training in that whatsoever. Right. So, so firstly, either hire somebody to do it. Yeah. Secondly, do the minimal amount of research within organizations that are available to you, right. like the PCA, right? Absolutely. Um, like your vendors yep. and, and, and see what they have. Don't, you don't have to do everything yourself. Right. You, you can build a team around you yep. and you can build a team that's going to help you for you not to make a dollar. Right. Well, and you know, you know, I'm a big reader, right? Um, And
0: so I I read a book earlier this year. It's called "Who Not How." uh, It's by Dan Sullivan, and I would strongly, strongly suggest that to anybody listening to this that's looking to grow your business because it teaches you how to grow your business through people and not through what you can do yourself. Yeah. Um, And that was a big eye opener to me, right? Because I'm a big proponent of you know trying to do people need to understand how to do stuff in their business. Right. You know, so like bookkeeping and finances, like I think it's important for the owner to understand how to actually do those things because mm-hmm. you're not really a business owner if you don't dive that deep into it, but you can still outsource that to people and still be in the loop on it. Right. right? And so this book really kind of helped shift our perspective too, with our clients is like, no, you need to find people to hire, you know, to do these things. You still need to know and understand and be able to train people,
1: but it's not always about you. It's about who. And that proactive approach is exactly what's going to yep. keep get people ahead exactly. and not scrambling all the time. And they're going to feel comfortable and they're going to be able to put money away to save to, to for retirement right. or for their employees and, and so on and so forth. So yeah. that's no. a good point.
0: Absolutely. So, so what's the third one? So, so the we got the trifecta. One, right. So the we got trifecta. three things inside the three things. Our mm-hmm. listeners are super confused. I know. I know. If there's somebody taking notes on here, maybe they picked up on that, that there's not five things now. You whatever. can call me. I'll explain it again. Yeah, sounds no good. No problem. I'll
1: give you Josh's personal number later. That's so. fine. Whatever. <laughs> uh, so estimating for a paycheck and not a purpose. Ooh, I think I that, like that is a very big, uh, mis- not mistake. I think it's a very big problem among not just painting contractors, but contractors in general. Right. And I think, you know, everybody wants to get the work, you know, the the... St. Louis is nice because St. Louis ha- is a unionized city. So right. if you're non-union, you could still charge a little bit more money, right? Yeah. Because you have them setting the precedent. So I think that, you know, so often contractors and painters are, are shooting themselves in their foot by charging $20 an hour. Well, okay. If you charge $20 an hour and, you know, that, that covers your, what, your paint and right. your hourly wage? Okay. What about your gas? What about your retirement? What about all the other plans that you have for your company moving forward? What are you investing back into ABC painting? Right. So I, I think that people are scared because they say, oh, nobody will pay those outrageous those outrageous prices. In case they haven't noticed, there is a massive amount of work right now. People are turning down work yeah. because they're so busy. You can charge what you want to charge. And if everybody gets on the same page and can understand that, you know, you can charge 45 to 65 to $85 an hour, depending on where you are as a business, how right. many painters you have, how much insurance you're paying, yada, yada, blah, 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 right? All that, right. all that business stuff that you like to talk about. Yep. My favorite. Uh, I know. Um, then, then you can start to, to really start building a foundation for your business, which I think is extremely important as opposed to living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Now, all of a sudden at the end of the year, you have $3,000 set aside for yourself in your retirement yeah. that really you don't even see going away out of your paycheck. If you do things like direct deposit with yeah. whoever your financial advisor is and things like that. So no, I think a that's point. a big one. I do too. Well, and I think the reason that
0: that happens is because a lot of people worked for a company, like how I see a lot of this stuff in the contracting world is you worked for a company. You either didn't like how things were going or you wanted to go jump out on your own and they, they they go from having the employee mindset to now having the employee mindset, but also being a business owner. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about that all the time. The E-Myth Revisited, one of my yes. favorite books. You know, people are technicians, managers, or entrepreneurs. And when people are technicians in companies and they go start their own company, they don't usually shift their mindset to that business owner. And so that's why I think the profit for a paycheck thing is, is really where people jump into that. They're like, okay, well, I'm used to making this much per week. If I can just make that, I'm happy. Well, they don't, like you said, I can't tell you how many people we sit down with and we start going through their job costing and they're not even charging the customers for the tax they pay on their paint at their vendors. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I'm like 8% had, kind of your material bad. bill or 9% or 10%, depending on where you're at, um, you're not even accounting for. Right. Right. You know, so every gallon of paint, you're now out $2 because you weren't, you know, they they get on the cool Sherwin-Williams app, they look, they say, oh, this is how much it is. And I'm like, and then add 9%. And they're like, what? Happens all the time. You know, so it's just all those little things to look at it like that. And, you know, like you said, insurance and overhead and, you know, the reinvesting in the company, that's like the last thing people think of. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a huge proponent of the Profit First book. We'll talk a lot more about that, you know, here on, on the show at some point. But like, just take 1% out of each job and just put it aside an account. Two percent, five percent, whatever the number is, right? Um, you know, plan for the taxes. We talked about that already. We don't have to keep being right. that one home. People are probably sick of hearing about it. But, um, <laughs> but Especially you know, this I, time of year. Yeah, seriously, right? Um it's just it's it's fitting. But but you know, just taking money out to to put aside for a rainy day, to put aside for mm-hmm. retirement. You know, we just had a client that you know, kind of went through some rebranding stuff and got that bill about the same time that their accountant cleaned up their books from last year. And like three things happened and it was like six or $7,000. And thankfully they had some money aside and kind of a rainy day fund to cover that and not have to throw it on a credit card. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and he had said, he's like, I mean, that wasn't fun, right? Nobody likes paying money if you know, all at once like that, but he goes, I could sleep at night knowing that we had some money aside for just unexpected things yeah, um, or something like that where everything hits at once and, you know, all that. So I think it's really important to, you know, kind of put that foot
1: forward and just, like you said,
0: plan these things
1: out. And you bring up a good point with putting that 1% aside per job, right? Yeah. That might not seem like a lot of You're money. You're not going to notice it. But if, you, I mean, if, and I, I bet it'll be a shock to everybody else that they're not, you know, if, if painters are listening, they're not, adding on that sales tax. Right. Right. So, I mean, do the math between the sales tax and taking out that 1% and you're already not paying that. So, yep. I mean, you can equal, it can equal itself out right? if you, if you put in the work and, and, and yep. just, and it's so minimal too. The it work really is so minimal. It really is. Uh, you know, but again, YouTube is your friend, your right. vendors are your friends, people like Chris, people like myself, like that's, that's who you want helping you along the way to be able to, Absolutely. To make more money. Right? Well,
0: you know, and I think it's a big thing too, you know, most people, and, and this is kind of what the theory behind the profit first book talks about it is most people do it where, you know, you get the revenue, you pay all your expenses, whatever's left over is what you pay yourself. Right. And I say, no, I think you need to have that number in your head. Mm-hmm. And then you get the revenue, you pay yourself, hence profit first. Right. And then you pay your expenses and then what's left over gets reinvested in the company and savings and all that stuff because it changes your mentality to run a leaner company. When you're just paying yourself at the end, you're more likely to go spend money on stuff you don't really need and take your employees out to lunch all the time. And, hey, I'm all for treating your employees and having a good culture. You don't have to take them to lunch every day. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, we will. Okay, yeah, good. We'll all right. Well, well, we'll save that. Too. We'll sure. save that then. So was that the, was that the three That's, things you so wanted to do? So those are the three,
1: right? Cool. Inferior versus uh, inferior and incorrect products yep. on the job. The trifecta, yep. which is proactive yep. versus reactive setting and understanding expectations and yep. actively listening, and then estimating for a purpose as opposed to just a paycheck. I like it. I like it.
0: So you work with, you know, small business owners across all different industries, right? We've talked a lot about painting, you know, cause that's, we're here at the PCA today recording this, and that's kind of your background of Sherwin-Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously we both work with clients across all the industries as well. Um, so how specifically do you really help people then Josh? So building a culture, okay. I mean, plain and simple. Isn't it funny to like say building a culture because culture just is kind of like exists, but you actually do have to build it.
1: Yeah, you do. You do have to yeah. build it. Um, not a socio political culture, but uh, one that IDs with the current and future workforce. And I think that's the key there. You need you need to start building your culture. So the the millennials and the Generation Z can identify with you. Yep. If you don't do that, you're going to die. Your company is going to die. Yeah, Because just, that just is the workforce coming. Just don't hold anything coming. back. Hey, I'm just <laughs> spinning like it is, all right? I'm telling you, 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 you have to do this. Yeah, no, if I you agree. Not, it is that big of a thing. You are not adapting. Yep. And as a business, adaptability is probably the number one thing, especially a small business, an entrepreneur business, adaptability is the number one thing that you have to have across the board with anything. Well, and I think the last year, I mean, I don't
0: want to say the word COVID any more than anybody wants to Mm -hmm. hear that at this point, but I think it's important to bring up that, you know, I said that whenever this first happened, that the companies that adapted the most and were able to, um, you know, get through those times because they adapted are the ones that are coming out of this stronger than they went into it even. Um, you know, yeah, it might've sucked for a while. Um, but think of all the restaurants that started doing, you know, curbside pickup and all these different things. I'm not going to lie. I've gotten spoiled. True story. I pulled in Clover's parking lot today. There was about 20 cars in line, got on the app, ordered my food, (laughs) <laughs> waited five minutes pulled in their curd side pickup awesome. i love that name by the way it's curd side pickup yeah. um pulled in the spot within five minutes i had my food i looked at where i would have been at in the line that like seven cars had went through yeah like i've gotten so spoiled and some of that stuff came out because of the stuff i don't go don't to the know.
1: grocery store anymore yeah i go i order it online and i pick it up in the parking lot and they is, pack it in my trunk for is me is it not like the greatest great. thing like it's awesome
0: and it's not even that i've got like i mean I, we're both busy guys right mm-hmm. but like it's just a convenience yeah. So anyways, adaptability. Absolutely.
1: Adaptability yep. and, and and really understanding what the the generations that are coming are looking for and what and what they want within right. a business. And uh so that's that's so, really So not
0: even just as a as a product offering to those consumers, but those people that are gonna be working for you.
1: Correct, yep. yes, especially from an employee standpoint. I like it. Um, and then uh, I do, like I said earlier, I kind of have these business therapy sessions. So it's it's a lot of one on ones with business owners mm-hmm. or leadership within. And then what we do from there is we identify what's going on, right? So we talk about your challenges. Right. You know what's working, what's not working. We talk about uh, any goals that you have that you're setting like for yourself. Have you set goals? And then we just kind of dive in from there. And a lot of times, like I said, what we see is what I'll see is I'll see a lot of surface level complaints and surface level goals. And, you know, what I do is I help take it a step further and then a step further and a step further and help them realize that maybe there's there's something, like I said earlier, seated deeper that we need to work on. And having that fresh set of eyes and ears that doesn't really Know anything about your business right. to identify those things and then help you uh, create you know strategic plans to 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 alleviate those challenges or to help you achieve those goals that's kind of what I do that's exactly what I do <laughs> kind so of but then know. i also yep. I also create trainings I do onboard trainings yep. I'll write your hiring ads for you if you want me to do that I like it um, but, but i I use uh, improvisation. So I'm a theater guy. Yeah, I, I have know, my degree are. in in theater performance, which I love because right? you're super comfortable here I, right now. Yeah, so. yeah, it's fun. I, yeah. I, I thank you for having me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I perform professionally in Chicago and in St. Louis, and you know I've taken that into my career. Right. And I took that with me to Sherwin Williams and now i'm using the you know, a lot of the fundamentals of improvisation and of theater to help teach coach and educate yep. and it's a lot of fun doing that uh, we're not up there just playing games yeah. you know but but we're we're using the principles <laughs> just as you use the principles of anything right. to to help you along the way so
0: well and i'll never forget when we first started talking when you were you know thinking about leaving <laughs> sherwin you're starting to talk about this and we start talking about improv And like, again, you know, I'm not a theater guy. For our listeners, they don't know that. Like, I'm just, that's just not my thing. I loved Whose Line Is It Anyways, but just I've never gotten into the theater stuff Mm -hmm. as much, right? Um, And you're telling me all this, and I'm like, I I don't, like, really, Josh? And then you you said something to me that was very profound. You you do have profound statements every once in a while. Thanks. But you said, everything in life is improv. This conversation right now, yeah, we've got some notes. We've kind of got a rough outline, but it's pretty much improv. Like, every single thing you deal with, when you go do a sales, when you go do an estimate for somebody, it's improv. Mm-hmm. And like, it, you really kind of helped shed my perspective on that, that, yeah, you're right. Everything is improv. And so I like that you bring that into the business world. Um, and then seeing some of your onboard trainings with one of the clients that we both work with, um, and just how you facilitated all that and the feedback we got from people. Like I've been a believer of yours since day one anyways, but especially after seeing all that actually put into place. thanks. Um, it, really ma- it really made sense. You know, and I think it that is. I mean, there's a huge need for it, right? Especially as you're working with employees and, and dealing with how to deal with customers.
1: Improv is everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Shakespeare said it best. Oh, right? I'm sure he did. All the world's a stage, the men and women merely players. Sure. So it makes complete you sense. You could be totally making that up Do I need totally to break making that making down, that do break right that no, down no, no, for you? The world is a stage. Right. Okay. And then the men and the women, yeah, no, the, get that. the players, that, that means act like actors. Okay. Gotcha. So I didn't know if you were with me that. I appreciate me, I that. I, I, that so. I hate you so much sometimes. I know you do. But but for real, yeah. it, it everybody improvises. Yeah. Every single day. Every single day. Every single hour, every single minute, you get a phone call. And it's not just verbal. Right. Right it's nonverbal as well. Well, hell, I mean, what 90 some odd percent, 95% of our communication is nonverbal, something like that. So it's, it's nothing new to anybody. We just stuck a label on it. So all of a sudden it's frightening. And we think of whose line is it anyway? Absolutely. And improv doesn't mean funny. Is that show still on? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I saw
0: something the other day with somebody not I'm sure they're re-hosting it. And I don't know I'm, if it's I'm still sure new or if they're all
1: just re-runs, But so, But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Everybody improvises every single day. When there was
0: a book I read, you made a comment earlier I was going to hit on. I didn't want to interrupt you because I'm a nice guy. Um, <laughs> it was, it's called Everybody Needs a Coach in Life and i wish everybody in the world would read that book and not just selfishly because our businesses would blow up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although a little selfishly i'm not going to lie i'm not going to lie there um but it's very insightful because it talks through all those things of just having that third party perspective you know mm-hmm. i told you earlier the one mutual client we have you know i talked to her on the way over here and we were just chatting through stuff and she's like i just need to like i don't know if it's vent i don't know if it's this like i just need your insight and she's like here's how i feel and like five minutes later, it was like, "Wow, okay, I feel better now because what she's worrying about really isn't that big of a deal, and mm-hmm. we already kind of have a plan in place now and three months from now on how to fix this stuff." So, yep. um, you know, it it is really just that third party it's thing. Therapy, it is hundred percent therapy, hundred percent. And I think it's very important too for people like us to remember that we need coaches in our life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We need those trusted mentors and people that we can reach out to because it's easy for us to be like well yeah we know everything. First off we don't. Yep. I'll be the first person to admit mm-hmm. that and no, I no. surely know you don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but sorry. I had <laughs> no, to. that was really good. That's probably your best one. one. That was your best okay, one good, of the good, that's one good. of the of the um, you know, but I, I think it's important for us to remember like we need that mentor. We need those third party people mm-hmm. um, to bounce ideas off of and and you know, spouses that's a good place to start, but You know, sometimes it's on a deeper level. You know, my wife and I always joke all the time, like she's in the medical field, I'm in the business field. She understands more business stuff than I do medical stuff. Trust me. (laughs) But like, you know, we can have conversations, but it's like not, we're not going to solve problems for people because I don't, I still don't even know what a good blood pressure is. I have to ask her like every single time. I Uh, cannot, I think 120 over 80, but anyways. um, Good enough. You know, it's just those little things, right? So, but you know, I think, but it's totally right though. Oh, yes. You're totally God. right. All right. I hope Christina hears this now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think it's important to just, you know, have somebody even just to bounce ideas off. Even if you're not going to get that constructive feedback you need,
1: just to have somebody to talk to about those things. Yep. Yep. The biggest, George Bernard Shaw, uh, who you probably don't know. Yeah. But he wrote. Again, you could be totally Pig- making this up. Okay. All right. Uh, you know what Pygmalion is? I've heard of okay, it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, it's so what my fair ladies. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. He said the biggest problem with communication is. Is the idea that it has taken place. I believe it's something along those lines. So the biggest, the biggest problem with the biggest problem here, I think I, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. I like it. It's so true. Yeah. You know, so, so take the time to communicate with somebody. Right. You may think you are, but, but you're probably not. Take it a step further.
0: Total like side note. Like, so Christine and I actually started sitting down on Sunday nights just for 20 minutes to like talk about our calendars for the week. And just, oh, that probably helps. Oh my gosh. That probably helps. Because 100, like 100 times a year, at least, we'd think we'd talk about something. We wouldn't.
1: That's legit, too. 100 like, is not a made up number. Oh, no, like that's, like, that's
0: super low end mm-hmm. Like, probably more like 800. But, anyways. <laughs> um, but, like, literally, just to have those conversations. Like, hey, did I, like, hey, so-and-so wanted to do something? Like, are we free? You know, like just talk about that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I know that may sound weird to like have a meeting with your wife or your spouse or something, but trust me. It's been good because we thought communication was happening Mm -hmm. and it was not right. And this is just, we're both kind of structured people too. Hence this outline, um, you know,
1: and that, you know, we like to kind of have a little bit of a routine going with that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll segue a little bit here into like the the last thing that I do and you you talked about it a little bit. So I talk about, and I work on and I facilitate coaching as opposed to bossing. Okay. Um, I think that so many people want to boss and they don't want to coach hundred percent. Think about it. You work for somebody, you have a sales manager, Yep. right? This sales manager, what do you think of when you hear, think of managing, what are they going to do to you? They're going to manage your sales. They're going to micromanage you, right? But if you had a sales coach, doesn't that just sound so much better? Isn't it funny how just tweaking a word like that can just, it gives it like a warmer feeling. And then people start because we, we love our titles, right? Right. So, so people stop thinking about themselves as managers and they start thinking about themselves as coaches. I like that. And then they start thinking about themselves helping as opposed to hindering, you know, the, the micromanaging is done a lot unbeknownst to them. Right. Because they think they're helping, but that's because they have that managing word in their mindset as opposed to coaching. Hmm. It's the same thing with leaders, right? There, there, there's leading and there's being a leader. Right. So I want to be the verb. I want to be leading leaders generally get titles And I don't care about the title, right? I want to, I want to be leading. I want to take action.
0: It's funny how we have like such a title driven society, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, what is it that you do? Oh, what's your title? What's like, what'd you go to school for? What? That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Theater performance. Yeah. I know you didn't. It makes no sense. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're kind of back in the theater world, but, um, never left the performance. Never left. Yeah. That's debatable. Always performing. Um, you said professional earlier. I'm like, it was semi pro, but uh, I know it was, I'm just kidding. Um, but, you know, I think, it yeah, we are in very much a title thing in mm-hmm. that I, I'm with you. Like, I would rather be leading than be a leader. Being yeah. a leader means nothing to me. Yeah. But when you're actually leading people, that's the true definition of a leader. Right. Yep. So that's good perspective. Yep. Um, so what are kind of the, the, the most common two to three issues that people generally come to you looking for help for, right? Like, you kind of talk through what you do, the common mm-hmm. things and stuff, but like, What issues do people experience to say, you know, I need to find somebody to help us with this?
1: Right. So, so again, culture and business identity. Okay. So, and those usually come up that that's not what people are coming to me for. Right. Right. But that's, that's what it it always comes to. You know, a lot of times they don't have a mission statement or core values written for themselves. So let's start with that. But, but really what has been happening lately is hiring. Yep. Right. I have so much work. I don't have enough employees. I don't have any employees. I think every single client
0: that I every single client has
1: that issue. And the reason I just mentioned culture and business identity is because that is directly related with your hiring. Yep. You, as a, as a contractor or as a business owner, anybody who doesn't have this um, contemporary culture, uh, contemporary business identity right. to relate to the Generation Z and the Millennials, they... They're afraid to, to make those changes. And because you're afraid to make those changes, I hear. There's nobody out there that's willing to work. Oh, there are plenty of people out there willing to work from age 18 to 30. I guarantee they are out there. Yep. They may not have any experience in what you are doing, but, but okay. you can be taught that. Yes. You want somebody that wants to show up to work. Unless you're doing
0: like building rockets for NASA, like yeah, you know, there's not, certain those things, are my like clients. My doctors, <laughs> my lawyers. I want them to have some None experience. None of those are yeah, my clients I know, yeah, though. I know. <laughs> All
1: of the clients you and I are working with. Yeah, you totally Yeah, spot absolutely. On. Yep. Absolutely. So you know, I, I also think that everybody, you know, contractors generally talk about how they're stuck and they're underemployed and they're overworked and they're unhappy. The people are out there, but they have to adapt right. to those people, and that's a hard shift. It is. I mean, that especially is especially for people that a hard are shift.
0: We'll call them experienced. Yeah, not, not yeah. older. Yeah, experienced. experienced people.
1: Yeah, experienced people have yep. the. I want one hundred and ten percent all day, every day. Yep. Why aren't you giving me one hundred percent, one hundred and ten percent? Well, guess what, buddy. People function at 50%, 60%, 70%, 80% on the regular. Yep. People don't function at 100%. Right. That's not humanly possible to do that every day. You have done it every day because your generation, the generation before you instilled that in you. Right. But in 2021, society looks a lot different. Yep. A lot more different than it did in 1970, right? 1980, 1990, 2000. Right. Even. Even 2010. Yeah. Like even just like the 10 years I
0: spent in the painting industry, there was a big difference between the first year and the last year.
1: So you have to be able to adapt. Yep. And so people coming to me for hiring, you know, that leads back to the culture talk, the business identity talk. And I like it. And, you know, it's, it's not, there was this, this terrible thought process of millennials don't want to work. Generation Z just wants to blow the world up and start all over, which might be true. (laughs) But the bottom line is they want to work for somebody, Whose purpose aligns with their Their purpose. Yep. Well, I think it goes back to what we initially talked about with
0: the disengagement. Like people Mm want to feel like they have a purpose, right? Painting is painting. We'll just use that as an example, since that's both of our backgrounds. Like there's not much purpose in maybe painting a wall, but there's a lot of purpose in working for a company that believes in taking care of its employees and treating its customers well and being professional and doing a good quality job. That's a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Painting a wall is not a purpose I agree for the most part I agree um, you know and it's really funny there's there's a guy I know and I'm not gonna say names here he'll probably never listen to this because like he doesn't have Facebook there's nothing <laughs> so um, but he's he is that guy right like he's in the landscaping industry and he just he doesn't every time we talk it's like yeah I'm looking for employees and I'm like oh what are you paying and he tells us I'm like okay you know not the greatest but like mm-hmm. whatever you know if you're just looking for a labor like well what are you looking like where are you looking at he's like ah oh, networking 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 I'm like you know, I'm the biggest proponent of networking and relationship mm. building and all that stuff, right? But, like, this thing called Facebook, you don't even have it. You don't even really know how to use a computer. Like, you have to adapt. So, it all goes back to the adaptability stuff, adapting to where the employees are. If you're looking to hire 18 to 30 year olds, putting up a help wanted poster at the schnooks. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's done that. I don't know. I would imagine right. maybe, it's, but like, that's not the most effective yeah, it's or not efficient the most use effective. Of, of what you have. Like now, if you're looking you. for Absolutely. a sweet, like 70 year old, like grandma to, you know, like yeah. come do your bookkeeping right? for yeah. you. That might oh, be I a better help you out, christopher right. Oh yeah. No, this yeah. got weird now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like we just like offended somebody listening to this, but um, no, whatever. you know, but it it's true. Like, you know, you have to look in the right spots. You have to look for the people you're looking for where they're looking for work right. and how they're looking for work and provide the things
1: they're looking for in a job. Um, in order, in order to do that, you have to, you have to know who you are as a business absolutely, and you have to know what you stand for yep. because I'm telling you it's purpose over paycheck right? all day. 100%. It used to be, Hey, let's go. Uh, I want to have a kid. I want to have a family. So I right. need a job. That's not what it is anymore. No, I want to know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Well, and that's I, what it's about.
0: And I think that's why, you know, like for us, we always do business analysis meetings, you know, a free analysis meeting with any yeah, client. I do that the same thing with, with my happiness yeah, consultations. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because people come to us with a problem and 99% of the time, the problem is not really the problem. Mm-hmm. It is a problem. But it's usually the cause of a lot of other problems or the effect of a lot of other problems. Seated deeper. You know, exactly. Right. So um, it is funny when people are like, oh, I need hiring. Well, it's because of, like you said, the culture, the identity and everything else. Right. That's cool. That's a good perspective. Um, So let's talk a little bit here about crew leaders. um, And, you know, for our contractor friends on here, again, since that's our background, um, let's talk a little bit about the importance of crew leaders and
1: why that's crucial to helping
0: you scale out your business.
1: Yeah. So I've, I've kind of come across this lately with the whole leadership thought process, leaders versus leading. Yeah. And so I really like crew coaches huh. better. So I feel like when any, you say it quickly though, when yeah. you say crew coach, it reminds me of Tony Kukoc who, you know, played yeah. for the Bulls in the nineties. I don't yeah. know. It might be too. Yeah. You're you know, a little bit older than me, you, but, but anyway, um, but crew coaches, I go on. You were going to say something about no, no, crew coaches. Okay. No, I was,
0: no, I was actually going to make fun of you that you just change everything to coach, but yeah. um, why
1: not? I mean, I like it. It works. Yeah. Um, or, or some other type of descriptor other the than leader. leader. Okay. Um, but it helps to eliminate that leadership aspect. Cause a lot of times you put a crew leader in a position and they feel all of that pressure whoom, yep. on them immediately. Like, oh my gosh, I'm the crew leader. So their personality shifts, right? Right. The reason that you are putting them in that, in that position is because of who they are generally that's in yeah. their work ethic and, and, and how they perform with other employees. Right. But once you tell them they're a leader, they shift, Yep. There's, there's, there's a momentum shift in terms of where their brains are going, right? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm just being me. Now, all of a sudden I have this title. I have to be a leader. Yeah. And I think that if we can eliminate some of that uh, pressure from them, then you're going to get a more effective person on that job site for you.
0: I like that. I like that. And I think that that's got, um, you know, again, it goes back to the title side of that. And I never really thought about it like that, you know, mm-hmm. like you're going to have people that are technically crew leaders, you know, inside your crew already, um, they can be leading that or coaching, you know, and doing that without having to be like, Hey, okay, you're the crew leader now. Nothing changes. Right. Still the same thing. They're still in charge of kind of managing that crew,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, without that pressure.
1: But I think to your point, they're absolutely necessary. If you are trying to scale upwards and yeah. get bigger, you you cannot, you cannot be a contractor and not have somebody that you can trust out on that job site who is the face of your company right you know everybody should be smiling saying hi to to whomever the client is but you need to have that liaison between your client and you and you yep and that person is your crew coach yeah your tony crew coach <laughs>
0: I mean, you know, we talked Bulls in the 90s. I mean, there was Pippen and there was Jordan and there was Rodman. That's about all I remember. I know there was more. Yeah. Anyways. um, You know, I'm more of a hockey guy. Yeah, baseball, I know. It's okay. You know. We, can, um, we can go on. But no, I, I do think it's very important. And, you know, I there's kind of a theory we're going to be putting some stuff together on called the branch manager theory. Um, and it's kind of based on the past that I had and stuff, but just how you can grow a business through that, right? It's, it's very similar to the crew leads and all that stuff. Um, because in order to really grow your business, you have to have the right people in leadership, leading, not Mm -hmm. leaders, leading your business to where you don't have to worry about it. Right. You know, so whether it's a branch manager situation
1: where they just own kind of an area of your business, whether it's somebody that is a crew leader. And that's what you want. Yeah. You want to eliminate the things that are on your plate that you started with. Yeah. So often we see these small business owners and they're still doing everything that they did five years ago when they had zero employees. And now they have six or seven employees underneath them. And those six or seven employees are just bodies that are doing work as opposed to giving them the opportunity, which also leads to the culture of your business, right? Right. You start providing opportunities in-house and promoting from within, they're going to start talking to everybody else that, oh man, you should see who I work for. I have right. four day work work weeks, you know, 10 hour days. Exactly. Good people I, know good people. This is what I do. This, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So it's a domino effect. When
0: well, I always tell people too, like, I would rather make 20% profit margin, like all things said and done, take home off of a $500,000 business with the right leadership and structure in place than 50% on a $200,000 business. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know the math is the exact same but you're going to work way less and be able to build more for the future on the 20% of the 500. So for I think sure. it goes, you know, I think you have to, to to take care of your people too, as you're doing that. Um, and that creates that win-win environment, right? When you start building that team environment and it's a win-win for, for your employees, your, your crew coaches, you know, and everybody it's, it's when it's a
1: win-win, everybody wins. And I think a big, po- I think a big part of that is not putting yourself on top of the triangle, so is eliminating the, the triangle of hierarchy within yeah. your business. So often we have the, the top up here, right? Right. And, and, you know, you have to climb up this hill to get to this top of this triangle. But how many people can you fit on that little point? Right. Not very many. One. Right. So why not have a square? And just have like, you know, a ladder as you go up. Lattice I was going to ask and, how you got you know, to the
0: top of the square. Did you have to yeah. like just climb? Anyways, yeah,
1: there's, yeah, there's there's lattice work. Okay. Oh, it's very sturdy. It's, it's, it's very sturdy. But no, I think that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think don't don't allow yourself to stand on top of a mountain by yourself. Make sure that you have a square yep. that you can climb up and have other people with you. When like, I
0: didn't go to school for engineering, but I feel like a square is much more sturdy than a mountain that might crumble at any point. Yeah. You like how we kind of brought that full circle? I don't know. That was, maybe, maybe it was good. I don't know. Yeah, we'll find sure. out whenever we see this final release. But um, so as we kind of wrap up here, what's one final piece of advice you have for small business owners as it pertains
1: to what you do? Oh, you know me. It's not just one piece of advice. I figured.
0: So we might be here for another 20 minutes, nope, guys. Sorry. Nope. It is okay. one,
1: two, three if sentences. If it's another, tri- I will okay. read three sentences. I thought it was going to be another. It tri- is a trifecta of know, advice. It's no, just, it's not. No, I'm kidding. So don't be afraid of change. Okay. Make someone laugh today. I like it. And if you aren't enjoying what you're doing, Reevaluate and make the changes necessary to start you on your happiness journey. I thought you were just going to say quit, but... Then just quit. I like it. Quit your job. No, don't quit your job. <laughs> don't quit your job. Don't. It's because, you know, make, make sure you have something else like yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But seriously, have, yeah. it's the adaptability, right? Don't yep. be afraid of change. Make somebody laugh today. Life's too short. Have yep. fun. Enjoy it. I love it. That's the biggest part. That's That's probably the biggest thing that I would say. That's whatever. That's... I wanted to say those other two things, but make someone laugh today. That is so important. Yep. Because when you see somebody else smile, you start smiling. There's just something about it, right? And it doesn't take any more energy to smile and
0: say hi to somebody. Mm-hmm than it does to just like ignore them. Maybe
1: a little bit more with your masks I mean, I on now. So, yeah. Like you got to like squint your right. eyes a little like, so bit more know so they you 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 smiling. You're and smiling, smiling, not just like but, staring them down. Yeah, right. I don't, you're right on that. But that's, but, I mean, that's the tag. That's the tag in my email is makes me laugh it. today. It's been the tag in my email long before I had work happy. Yeah. It's been the tag in my email for probably, I don't, since I've had an email for like 15 years. Huh. So I, I believe in that. Yeah. And that's something that I think people need to. Well, I think just being know, a beacon do. of
0: light out in the world is what's needed right now.
1: I can do that too, man. I know. Put I know. me on top of a building. I know. You Not
0: can. a mountain. Absolutely. Uh, well, Josh, I, I really appreciate you being here today. I love your perspective. I know you and I are very much in tune with you know how we see business owners and how we feel like they should run their businesses mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, so, how you know, go ahead and plug yourself. How can people get a hold of you?
1: Yeah. So um, you can get a hold of me via my phone number yeah. 618-806-4792, If Sherwin told me one thing. It taught me this. Repeat your phone number. My phone number is 618-806-4792. And you can reach me on my email at josh at com, And the website is workhappyco.com.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate that. And the best part was I didn't even have to give out your phone number. I got you to do it for me. So call me. That's manipulation at its finest. Make me laugh. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate you sharing with us. Thanks a lot. Thanks, man. If you're interested in more information on how we help our clients, Or if you'd like to schedule a free business analysis meeting, please visit EliteBusinessAdvising.com. And if you're a contractor, don't forget about our recently launched program, the Elite Business Academy for Contractors, designed to help you grow your business to $500,000 and beyond. Visit Academy.EliteBusinessAdvising.com.